everyone. Welcome along to the VCO Chat Show hosted by me, Ben Constantjuris. This week, it's all about Le Mans, considered the biggest and most widely seen event ever in esports racing. Here at VCO, we are passionate about merging the world of real and esports racing, something I'm also passionate about, and that is why tonight's show is important to us all. We could have chosen to speak to the star real names that you already know in the real world of racing, but I wanted to highlight the eSports stars that had a huge influence on the victory for Rebellion Williams eSports. Please welcome to the show, Kuba Brzezinski and Nikodim Rizneski. Boys, congratulations firstly. Kuba, how are we feeling after the weekend? Uh, finally rested at least, and uh, yeah, still like hasn't proper, properly sunk in that uh, we've won the official level 24 hours. So uh, I guess it's going to take a bit of time. Uh, now it's a bit of a busy time with uh, all the interest that we are getting, but yeah, it's uh, awesome to see. And uh, Nico, you were in the car for that last stint. That must have been the biggest pressure you ever felt? Uh, well, I don't know if that was the biggest pressure, but you know, if you have the whole team uh, behind your back and everybody's just counting to to bring Kara safe home, I think it was a huge pressure. One of the one of the you know the biggest one I had, but uh, yeah, I handled it. So uh, it was intense battle for sure, especially two last stints because we almost ran out of fuel. But yeah, we just won it and and speak goodness to guys. Cuba, you are not only representing Williams Esports, which you are comfortable and familiar with doing, you are also representing a real-world team in Rebellion. Uh, did that add an extra pressure for you? Uh, I would say it did add a bit of a worry for us because <laughs> we obviously had to race with uh, two real-life drivers. So at first we weren't sure like how good they were going to be because uh, Louis and uh, Rafael didn't have any experience with the game. Uh, but thankfully, the guys were super professional. They trained really hard and they took it very seriously and they really wanted to win it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it was awesome to work with them and hopefully we can repeat it someday. Nico, talk a little bit more about the kind of preparations that you guys had to go through, uh, not only for practicing for yourselves. And of course, you were lucky to have, uh, I think, four cars in the race and also running the same car, which is very helpful. But more than that, you had to train these real-world drivers, drivers that tend to have egos from real world and uh, having to ask you questions. Well, yeah, at the beginning, of course, they were asking a lot of questions about the game, but we are happy to you know, answer them because we always uh, wanted to achieve the best result for the whole team. Uh, and I think uh, we were practicing together a lot at the beginning, just to just to show them what are the you know the most crucial points at the, in in this game. Uh, but they were straight on the uh, in, on the pace, so we were we were really happy about that. And uh, then we just started to uh, set up the car uh, properly to you know have that comfortable feelings for four of us. Uh, we achieved that, so. Uh, I think couldn't be better. Any idea just how long it took to prepare for Le Mans? Well, uh, three weeks. Yeah. And how many hours per day, Nico, were you on the sim? I have no idea, to be honest. You know, it, it, 
it needs to be divided by you know the time that we are practicing on the track and time we are spending on Motec to to set up the car. So yeah. two different things, but I think like three or four hours maybe per day. But yeah, I've, maybe too much. Like two two three hours per day. Yeah, a huge amount of commitment. But Cuba, did it feel like you were entering something historical, something much larger than sim racing had ever seen? Yeah, to be fair, I think a bit subconsciously, uh, I tried not to uh, think about it. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to add any extra pressure than you already have. Like you already represent Williams in all the races that you do and you want to win every race that you do. So you don't really need to think about, you know, a million people watching you on top of that or something like this or, or you know, representing rebellion on top of that. So. Uh, the pressure is enough. I think if if you have no pressure, that is not good uh, as well. You need uh, pressure helps you perform. Uh, but yeah, the normal pressure that we have uh, in everyday racing is uh, enough for me. So I tried not to think about it too much. And Kubo, you are a real world uh, Le Mans fan. Have you ever been before? Yeah, uh, we, we've watched Le Mans uh, like pretty much every year, but I've never been to Le Mans. But we are actually going this year uh, for another competition. So uh, yeah, I mean, uh, at least now we've we know a few people there. We can go and say hi to the rebellion guys and everything. So that's going to be fun as well. As champions, as winners of the Le Mans Twenty Four Hours, Nick and M, you're going to go down in the history books. It may well be the only Twenty Four Hour Le Mans race of this kind of nature that we ever see, especially with the amount of real world interest. Uh, is it sinking in yet that you are, it's a historical moment? Well, maybe not yet, but you know that all media stuff going on around that uh, race, it's just uh, punching me in the face every every <laughs> single day. You know, today my phone was on fire for a whole day. So like the Polish media uh, are also interested uh, in that race. So I think for most of the time, I thought that it's going to be huge, but not that huge, you know. Uh, I told Cuba that if we will won the race, we'll go to the TV shows for sure. But it was kind of a joke, but now it's it's not a joke that I was, so yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it was really big race and you couldn't compare it to any other competition we had before. But uh, I hope that we will have even bigger events in the future. You guys obviously representing Williams Esports uh, for the last couple of years. And with uh, Robert Kubica coming into the team, uh, was it last year for Williams? Did you feel like you were so part of something greater uh, in Poland, both of you being Polish drivers, Cuba? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean... Uh, if we joined another esports org that could, you know, in esports be just as big, uh, you know, put any name you want in there, uh, it it wouldn't be as big in Poland because if I if I say in Poland that I am in Williams, then everyone knows <laughs> what Williams is. This is this F1 team that Robert Kubica drove for. So uh, yeah, I mean, it helps a lot with like the publicity and people recognizing what you do and everything like that. It's a big boost for sure. Yeah, and uh, Nicodem, were you a Robert Kubica fan growing up? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was watching every single F1 race when Robert Kubica uh, was uh, was racing. So, uh, you know, yesterday after the, the race, I just saw the message from him that he congrats me ah, for winning. Yes. So it was like, what the hell is going on, you know? Like, <laughs> you, it, it can't be possible. So, yeah, it was it's really amazing. Uh, if, if, if there's nothing else 
to get a message from Robert Kubica congratulating you is 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 deal done. You don't have to go sim racing anymore. You're done. You can quit. You can <laughs> yeah. put, hang up your steering wheel. Yeah. I can quit. Great. Um, let's uh, rewind back. I know a lot of people have tuned in just desperately to hear about your Le Mans experiences, but I want to know a little bit more about you guys as, as drivers because you're both not specialists on one particular platform. You are really uh, broad in what you do and the competitions that you take part in. Uh, Cooper, just talk a little bit about how you got involved in sim racing in the first place. Yeah, I mean, then I have to do, I guess, about F1 and uh, Kubica again, because, you know, when you are, a, you know, a Polish kid and you want, you know, get interested in motorsport and you watch Robert get all those podiums and, you know, get the win in F1, uh, then you want to, you know, try, try something like this, you know, tr compete as well. But, I mean, obviously, motorsport is really expensive, so sim racing is a really good al alternative for that. I mean, as they say, the, ca the cars might not be real, but the racing is. So in the and the competition is so yeah I mean around 2010 uh, I got uh, involved in you know in some uh, just small leagues and started sim racing and it just went on from there. How did you know about sim racing in the first place? I think I actually found out about it from YouTube. Like I was just watching some F1 videos, you know, onboards and highlights and stuff like this, and I just stumbled upon some uh, sim racing videos. And I was like, I mean, "What is this?" I mean, the guy has like a steering wheel at home, and he's racing as well. Like it looks really cool. And now with multiple trophies, what's the trophy you got behind you? Uh, that's a trophy for SRO at Spa uh, last year. Ah, yes. So ACC platform racing on rf2 yep. uh as well and and i racing you really do have the ability to to cross over and nicodem uh, i guess your first starring moment was on gran turismo uh well not the first on gran turismo the, the first actually was on the richard burns rally it's a funny story because the husband of my of my sister was driving there like racing online on some polish rally leagues and i just tried that and say yeah it's nice fun yeah it's Really, really good. He has got uh, the wheel Logitech DFGT. And I was like, what the hell? It's hell expensive, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I was trying to, to, to race on, you know, the keyboard, uh, like the gamepad, but it was not, nothing to compare with, with the wheel. So I bought the, my first wheel and started to race on, you know, railing on the Richard Burns Rally. And then uh, uh, racing on Air Factor 1 F1 Challenge, I remember. And then that was the episode with Gran Turismo and GT Academy as well. And so when you decided to go sim racing, Nicodem, you, did you have the desire always to do some real world stuff? Because, of course, that's where Gran Turismo Academy took you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think maybe not everyone from sim racing, but like, I don't know, maybe 90% of us uh, wants to be a racing driver at the beginning. So that was the, the passion you you had before and now the sim racing is something you can do you know uh like a substitute as kuba say alternative way so yeah it was uh i always wanted to be a racing driver but now i'm just uh trying to focus on sim racing and just be the best here uh behind the behind the you know the virtual car but uh, of course if i would have a chance to to jump in in a racing car again because i have few episodes i would be really happy about it yeah but I think the GT Academy was like a milestone for me to, you know, believe in my uh, in my talent, you know, in my my skill. So yeah, it was it was a big moment, I guess. 
And is it possible, do you feel, to be the best you can be on all the different platforms? Because you do have specialists. You have people who just focus on RF2 or just focus on iRacing. And therefore, to come in and be competitive against those people must be super hard. Well, I would say it is possible, but it's so hard, you know. Uh, if you will uh, practice only on one platform, you, you, you'll be much better i think so yeah it's the the problem with sim racing is that when i switch from i don't know air factor to to i racing for example i just need you know a, a different skills you just need yeah. to learn that learn the game differently uh for example like on air factor 2 it's is a simple simple thing on air factor 2 i'm just breaking for like 100% doing trial breaking and everything is fine. But on iRacing, if I would just break for 100%, it would just slow the tires. There is no way to do that, uh, you know? And it's it's really strange because, you know, I was driving a real racing car and I was uh, braking for like 80% and the engineer said to me, come on, you, you just need to brake for 100%. What are you doing? Yeah. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was kind of ridiculous for me after that. So I just found myself the best in Honor Factor 2. So that's why I'm driving here. But you're not just driving here because I've seen you in uh, in race room competitions and stuff recently as well. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about that that race we had uh, in the weekend. But yeah, we are uh, racing also on our race room. But I think it's really similar. It uh, has got the same engine as our factor one or two. Yeah. Am I right? I'm not the expert. Cuba? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it does. Like it, it, It's based on the same engine or something like this. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're totally correct with the, uh, the the braking pressure. I I I feel the same, even though I'm an amateur. I know what when you're supposed to brake, and it just doesn't make any sense. Uh, Kuba, what are your kind of um, preferences and difficulties across the the whole sim racing spectrum? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I'm a bit like Nico. I mean, we learned our sim racing pretty much on RF, RF1. Uh, and you just, you know, when you develop your driver skills, you learn some tricks and stuff that works in that specific game. And when you do it for like five, five or six years, you just can't really unlearn it uh, after that. So mm. yeah, when we tried iRacing, for example, you need to have a complete different driving style mm. and we just can't really do it. I mean, it, it doesn't suit us. So like we can be good on RF2 and Traceroom, for example, because our driving style works there and we are, I guess, good enough where we can jump into ACC and still be get a decent result there as well. Because our driving style, again, uh, works pretty well there. But yeah, there are some other titles that uh, don't really suit us. So, I mean, it is what it is. We, we are just going to focus on the titles that are, you know, good for us. And yeah, I mean, thankfully, we've got competitions like this on RF2. So it's only, only better for us. Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of the the big competitions across the last couple of months have been focused on iRacing, uh, presumably because of the ability and the ease of getting everybody involved and and uh, uh, and not having necessarily the the uh, the worry of having um, maybe some some issues. Talking of issues, uh, I think we're deep enough into the program to kind of bring those up. Uh, your opinions on the problems that we had, we saw during the 24 hours. Um, I think your car was involved in the Team Redline issue, weren't they? Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, uh, I guess I, I can just say it was expected uh, because, I mean, as many races, of uh, 24-hour races as we've done on RF2, 
pretty much every single one of them has had some issues. So it was expected, but thankfully the organizers were really well prepared for that. We actually practiced the uh, uh, restart procedure on in the test races and everything. So everyone knew what they needed to do. And yeah, like when the restart just came, uh, everyone was super organized. We weren't surprised by them or anything. So it was just, you know, uh, work uh, like normal. And yeah, we were involved in that red line issue where Max uh, started having screen freezes and we were just behind him. I mean, we got super lucky with that. I, I, I cannot beat that uh, already. I mean, because we've got no damage from the contact uh, somehow. I don't know how that is possible. Uh, so we could just continue. And yeah, their car was uh, damaged pretty badly. So, I mean, the luck was on our side, I guess. But uh, yeah, you can't win if if you if you are really unlucky. And thankfully, this time uh, it was on our side. And Nico, dealing with those issues that everybody knows exists is down to experience, right? It's down to knowing they exist and finding out a way around them. And perhaps some of the real world teams um, or people with the lack of information and experience in RF2 suffered more because they don't have that experience. Is that correct? Uh, for sure. But also, you know, I had that screen phrases on Refractor 2 for like past two or three years. And I couldn't, couldn't do anything to avoid it. So yeah, luckily now I just found a, a new way to, to avoid it and it works. But you know, the, the all past advices from everybody didn't work, even from development, like from the game devs, it, it didn't work. So I was really annoyed because I lost like, you know, a few tournaments, few races because of that, uh, because I had a screen freezes in, in, in home. But yeah, luckily yesterday, uh, yesterday, <laughs> I can't even remember it was yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, <laughs> uh, we won the biggest race. So yeah, really happy about it. Uh, and let's just talk a little bit about those last couple of stints. Um, you, I was convinced and I was on commentary at the time that you were needing to do a splash and dash, that you weren't going to be able to last to the end of the race. Just how close did you come to running out of fuel? Uh, well, that was pretty intense because, uh, I, yeah, <laughs> that's much. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, at the first moment, you know, that our strategy, our plan was to uh, get me in the car for the last, I don't know, like four stints, uh, because I had really decent pace and I could bring the, the car, uh, home with the, you know, the, the best possible pace. So yeah, uh, that was that was the first uh, strategy call. But then we, because of the red flag, we noticed that we noticed that uh, we will have not not enough enough fuel to to finish the race. Uh, we saw that Yerne from Bikos was uh, you know saving the fuel for the past two stints when Louis was in the car. So when I jump in, I had like two two stints and uh, they say that I need to save the fuel and it was you know f f at the first moment I thought it's not it's just not possible because uh, uh, to to do the 10 laps you also have to save fuel just tiny bit mm -hmm. do it lift and coast for like three or four straights uh, and you will have like enough uh, fuel consumption to to do the 10 laps but I had to do 11 laps so you know I just had to <laughs> save one lap on, on the steam. So it was, it was kind of stressful, especially that we had almost, I don't know, not even half a minute advantage. So, so yeah, but luckily 
Uh, I had also uh, good advices from the race engineer. With, we uh, we worked with Martin Prock from from Formula Two, so he was really helpful for me to to save the fuel and have a decent pace. So yeah, it works out. And it, the best thing is that the the lap times wasn't that bad as I expected. They weren't that bad. Yeah, they really weren't that bad. I couldn't believe that you were still doing that pace and saving fuel as well. Did you feel as though uh, your teammates are obviously running second for the majority of the last stint? Did you feel that that kind of helped? And was there much communication between you and them on trying to keep Simoncic behind them? Well, I don't know, you know, because uh, in that race, we just had the strategy that driver is only driving. He, he you know... If I have uh, a lot of information, I will get a bit distracted or anything. So I just, I have my strategy and I didn't care for any, anything else. But yeah, at the end, I just I just saw that if Michael was saving the fuel as well. But if uh, Yerney passed him, he will also, I think, I think he will be a team player and he will fight him back because uh, there's nothing to lose for, for their team. So, yeah. Well, you guys are champions. You guys are the winners of the 24 Hours of Le Mans virtual. Cuba, where do you go from here? What's next for you guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, now everything feels kind of small. Like, uh, what am I supposed <laughs> to do? Another race in two days that, you know, no one pretty much cares about compared to the one we, we've just won. But yeah, I mean, you just need to continue grinding and uh, do your best and hope for another big opportunities like this. And in the meantime, just win. Try to win, you know, as much as you can of the smaller races and, uh, yeah, just showcase your talents and hope uh, good things uh, keep happening to you. And you're coming to Le Mans in September for the final of the Le Mans Esports on a totally different platform. Yep. Uh, yeah, on, on Forza. So uh, it's a really, uh, really different game to us. Like we've only done one race on it and that was the, the LAN event that we've won uh, in uh, January. So yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll need to prepare a lot for this. I mean, it's one of those games like ACC where we've got no experience on it, but I guess uh, we are talented enough where we can still somehow get a decent result, even with no experience. I guess it's it, it kind of suits our driving style, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of different current tracks combinations there. So uh, it will be really tricky to prepare. But I mean, yeah, hope, we'll see. We'll do our best and, ho and hopefully we can win this one as well. And the key thing is to make sure you don't fly back to Poland until at least Monday and you are able to actually enjoy the 24-hour race itself and have a good time and have a bit of a party on Saturday night as well. Very important. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, uh, unfortunately, we're going to be doing our races uh, when the real race is. If I'm oh, mistaken. really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I might be lying. I'm not too sure, but uh, hopefully not. Hopefully we can do our races and then enjoy the, the proper real race. That would be really cool. Absolutely. Well, guys, congratulations. As I say, you are 24-hour virtual champions um, and you will go down in history books and Poland should be proud. Uh, Williams should be proud because they can't win in the real world so they can win in the virtual. And actually, yesterday was great for Williams totally, wasn't it? Because they won both the races in the, uh, the F1 esports thing. Um, well done. I'm sure I'll be chatting about you in another championship very soon. And uh, thank you very much for joining us here on the VCO Esports Chat Show. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having us.
That's it then. Uh, I don't know who we'll be seeing next week, but it's always a mix. Uh, we've got the SRO uh, Championship coming up at the weekend, the finals of that. So perhaps we'll try and grab another champion as the feels like the world of the uh, big sim racing events starts to wind down as the real world starts to wind back up. But we'll stay here. We'll keep you updated with everything that's happening here in the sim racing world. My name's been Ben Colson-Juris and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.